Hello and welcome to Baylor Connections, a conversation series with the people shaping our future. Each week we go in-depth with Baylor leaders, professors, and more discussing important topics in higher education, research, and student life. I'm Derek Smith, and today we are visiting with Winter Russelowski. Winter Russelowski is a professional painter who serves as Associate Professor of Painting in Baylor's Department of Art and Art History. An award-winning gallery painter, she's exhibited nationally, internationally, and is in numerous public and private collections throughout the United States with a focus on abstract landscapes. She joined the Baylor faculty in 2016, and you've maintained what sounds like a, a pretty busy and active schedule uh, at galleries, working with your students, uh, painting, and more, and I'm excited to visit uh, with you on that today. Thanks so much for joining us today. Oh, thanks so much for having me. I'm happy to be here. Well, excited to look into your work, as I mentioned to you before we got started. This is an area we maybe haven't talked about as much on the program, so we'll get to dive into a, uh, a, a new world here as we talk about painting. And uh, you've said... Um, in the past, just to sort of start off, you feel an urgent need to paint and feel like it is the one thing that you are meant to do. So, so what is it about painting? What aspects about painting make that statement so real to you? Well, I guess um, to, to go back a little bit to explain this, I actually began as a young child with um, an interest in dance um, and more than an interest in that I actually got a degree, an undergrad degree in dance along with painting. So um, while I was growing up, uh, dance was really my focus. And although I was also making art and painting from, you know, as young as I think when I was around six, I had um, a great aunt, my great aunt Thelma, who um, called herself more of a Sunday painter. But I would paint with Aunt Thelma, and I really was taught by her the same way I teach my students today in that she would set up a still life. We would work from life. We'd mix our colors. We would look at landscapes she had visited. She was very well-traveled with, you know, gone to Europe and all up and down the East Coast. And so I was painting with her at an early age, but again, and dance was always, you know, my, my emphasis. I was taking lessons, and then I went to college and um, actually picked out school based on dance. But then as I was walking through the hallways and I looked in the painting studio, I just felt that I needed to do that. And although I loved dance, um, especially choreography in the end, I felt that for me painting was just my language. And um, I felt that even though there were other interests I had, that painting was what I was just best at and most natural with. And I couldn't imagine not painting. Mm -hmm. It's like how I talk. So so for you, it wasn't the only thing that interested you, but it's definitely what rose to the top among what sounds like some good options. That you were right, yeah. right. And, and, you know, I think the, the dance part was really um, – very, very important. And, you know, my father is a retired uh, mechanical engineer. So from an early age, he was teaching me to draw because, you know, back back then, um, initially, you know, his drawings were by hand. I remember looking at giant, like, handmade drawings. Eventually, mm -hmm. he was using AutoCAD and the computer. But um, he was, I would draw, you know, like a barn that I could see across the road and he would correct me and say that that perspective is not correct. <laughs> so when I was in elementary school, I was getting, you know, accurate drawing instruction from my dad and I was painting with my aunt, but it was just kind of what I was doing and I was really pursuing dance. But in the end, you know, the painting ended up being what I really felt I needed to do. Like there, it was just um, so important to me. 
And I felt like, yeah, again, that was that was my language and that's what I was put here to do. Absolutely. Well, I, I gave a very brief description of your work at the top of the show saying that uh, you focus on abstract landscape. Um, how would uh, you describe that and what it was that really uh, inspired you to focus on the directions that you focus? Well, so again, it connects back to, you know, my childhood in that um, I, I grew up in Pennsylvania and I was in a rural area in Pennsylvania and, you know, was painting um, primarily landscapes even, you know, back then, um, whether it was the kind of local scenery or the, the Huntsville Dam was a place that was, you know, really beautiful. Um, and, and then we would often visit the shore and I would want to paint the beach and, you know, scenery. And again, back to my aunt, um, you know, she was showing me the Impressionists. You know, she was, um, she painted in a, in a more Impressionistic style. So again, when I was you know, in elementary school, I remember poring over books of Monet in particular, along with all the Impressionists. And, um, you know, and, and I had, to, I luckily, I mean, I was able to visit, you know, um, the Met when I was, you know, growing up in MoMA, like um, where I lived in Pennsylvania, wasn't too far away from New York City. So I was fortunate to be visiting art museums in Philadelphia and New York City as I was growing up, you know, even before college. Um so the landscape was a subject that I was very familiar with. And then, you know, when I when I finally, you know, got into college and was actually painting at college, I then, uh, you know, dropped that and, you know, switched to a direction of, you know, pure abstraction, which was, you know, fantastic. I was really excited to make that um, make that jump when I realized I didn't have to paint something that was representational. But then the landscape came back. And, you know, since then, I've really been trying to to hit a balance where I was able to merge both, you know, both of my interests of the the pure paint in abstraction and all the things abstraction has to offer. But at the same time, including references to landscape um, and getting kind of right in the middle of something representational and, you know, something abstract. If you were, you know, you mentioned uh, the scenery in Pennsylvania, talking off the air beforehand, you visited national parks. What uh, what kind of landscapes grab you now? What are the ones that uh, you think, oh, I would love to go there and, and paint this? Well, so I, I've made this, um, you know, this really kind of slow transition of, uh, you know, initially uh, the landscapes of Pennsylvania were my subject. And then um, in college, I took a trip out to the boundary waters of northern Minnesota. And that was really the point where I kind of switched back to landscape and wanting to in include that. And it was that beautiful horizon line, like the openness, the reflection of the sky in the water, you know. And then from there, um, I ended up in, and, you know, I traveled and studied abroad in Italy and in Budapest, and but eventually, you know, landed in, in Texas um, for graduate school. And, um, you know, the big open spaces in Texas, I really love the sky and, you know, the horizon again. And um, in the last, I guess it would be about seven years, six years now, I've been traveling out to the Big Bend region. And, um, you know, to, to the point where my husband, who's an artist, and I, we've bought more than 50 acres out in the desert in the off-grid wow. area, you know, um, and of course, to me, it's sort of a nod to Georgia O'Keeffe, who had her, you know, her landscape. And we found this really unique, otherworldly 
you know, um, landscape out there that's both beautiful and punishing and harsh. And what I find to really be intrigued by in the end are these kind of sublime landscapes that are so beautiful, but also, you know, powerful and terrifying in a way. And um, in the last, you know, six years in particular, being here at Baylor, I've had numerous, you know, I've been so fortunate to have numerous grants to travel and research. And, you know, um, I've, I've gotten into a conversation of juxtaposing the different landscapes of kind of returning to the Texas Southwest. But, for example, um, I traveled out to Glacier National Park. I tried to think of, well, what's something very opposite? And so I went out to Glacier National Park and um, looked at, you know, that landscape, which was, you know, green and flowers and snow and glaciers. And, um, and but at the same time, it was this sublime, often, you know, scary kind of space, you know. Mm-hmm. So, um, so Big Bend is sort of the, um, the, what I imagine will be a continued focus along with these conversations juxtaposing, you know, with different, different areas. Mm-hmm. We are talking with Winter Rosolowski, Associate Professor of Painting at Baylor. And when you're looking at a landscape, whether it's at Big Bend or, or Glacier or wherever, this is kind of an open-ended question. What are you trying to capture fully on, on the canvas? And what to you, when you look at the painting when it's done, makes you feel like you've really captured what it is you want to? Well, those are two pretty tricky questions. Um, mm-hmm. One thing I'll, um, and I promise I will come back to sure. it, but um, sort of in that direction, um, which I think gets at your question of um, these landscapes. Help us see it through your eyes. Okay. Yeah. So uh, right right now I'm actually about to uh, start a commission, which I don't do many commissions, but this one is particularly intriguing where because I always visit the landscapes myself. So that's part of it, is that I go there and I exist in it. I hike in it. I paint out in the sun with the wind blowing. I I suffer in these mm-hmm. landscapes. Even, you know, my husband and I were out there when I was pregnant. I have a three-year-old now, but I was, you know, pregnant out, you know, videotaping and use drones to get footage and, you know, of, um, you know, of the areas so that so that I can be thinking of multiple perspectives simultaneously and really feeling the space. So I'm taking on this commission that's particularly intriguing where someone is going to visit K2 Mountain, which is, um, you know, right, right there with Everest. It's just a a little bit like actually uh, not quite as tall. But it's um, often thought of being more difficult because it's um, more difficult access to get there. And I think it's a 12-day hike just to get into the the, the base. Wow. So anyhow, I'm not going myself, but, you know, the um, collector who's, you know, uh, discuss- who, who I'm working on this commission for, he is going. He's not climbing it, but he's he's going out to see it. So um, to answer your question, you know, here's, here's a, a unique – example of I'm not going to be there myself, but I'm dialoguing with him. He's going to write about it. He's going to tell me about it. He's going to take photos. So for me, it's it's trying to get as much of that experience as possible. So back to the paintings, you know, what I hope is that rather than me painting the landscape that's, you know, more of a study of just this is what it looks like, I'm trying to get to those intangible things. And often my paintings really aren't just based on one landscape either. It's this 
synthesis over time of, you know, what the horizon is, how the horizon, you know, can change. And maybe part of it looks like the desert and maybe part of it looks like the water, you know. So it's this idea of painting something that's both the moment and multiple memories, you know, kind of simultaneously and getting to those intangible feelings of, you know, beauty and often even even terror, like what how you feel when we see a beautiful big storm coming or, you know, the the feeling of night falling, you know. How have you, Winter, uh, honed your skills and your approach over the years to to, to what it is now? I mean, obviously practice and, and doing the work, but uh, what, what, what does it take for you, you know, now as you teach, as you display your art in, in, in galleries, et cetera? What, uh, how have you honed that over the years? Well, I'm really a huge advocate of the idea of practice. And I often, coming back to the dance, I make the comparison that it's the same as you know, uh, in in dance, ballet, you know, going to the bar and doing your plies and doing your bar exercise. And that in painting and in art, I often feel that there's this idea that, oh, there's some gift that just comes down and you're born with this talent. And I don't believe that at all. I think it's all practice. It's practice and making work and making work and looking. You know, um, you, you need to be practicing your skills but at the same time, you're also looking to art history. You're looking at what's happened before as much as possible. You're viewing what's going on in the museums now, what are artists doing. So comparing it to other disciplines, you're creating new research. You're creating a new voice. You're saying something a different way, another perspective. And in order for it to be truly, you know, as new as can be or original or valuable as a unique voice, you need to have as much knowledge as possible of the history and currently what's going on. So I think that's something that um, maybe not everyone who isn't familiar with the processes is aware that that's a real key element is the research, Mm -hmm. the research of Studying the areas, going to the area, understanding the geography, the location, you know, feeling it. And then at the same time, you know, studying art history and contemporary art. This is Baylor Connections. We are visiting with Winter Reskalowski, Associate Professor of Painting in Baylor's Department of Art and Art History and a professional painter. And you mentioned research, which, uh, you know, when I ask, uh, you know, transition a little bit to your uh, scholarly work here at Baylor, teaching, you know, you teach at what's now a, a research one uh, university. What, what led you to teaching initially, not just to paint professionally, but also to teach? Well, in my um, my undergrad experience at Kutztown University of Pennsylvania, which is, um, you know, not not always a real well-known school outside of the area. It was actually very well-known for art, very close to, you know, New York City. But anyhow, I had a, a very important professor there that uh, George Sorrells, um, a painter, and um, he was, you know, the first example for me of um, how I could give back, you know, through teaching, like getting to getting to continue painting, but having conversations, continuing to learn myself and being there for students. He was, um, you know, monumentally influential to me at that point. And um, he may have been also part of my reason from sort of transitioning that focus from dance into 
painting because he was just, you know, a fantastic, inspiring, you know, human and professor. To this day, I'm still in, in touch with him and um, so thankful for him. But he he was just incredibly inspiring. And I felt that I never, you know, I never would have done so many things without his encouragement and support from saying, go to Italy, you know, study abroad and you should go to graduate school. And I said, well, how do I do that? And he told me. And, you know, and I did it. And then he, he even, you know, he was there in the conversations helping me apply for and decide where to go next. And he led me to Jim Woodson, who was um, a wonderful professor I had in graduate school. And um, anyhow, they were they were both such examples, and I got so much from them, along with other professors I had in um, both grad and undergrad. So it really made me want to, you know, give give back and help support other young people, young aspiring artists, and have those the conversations with them because the art courses um, are such a fantastic place for discussion, you know, to give support, to talk about important topics. And um, I'm just so, so honored and blessed that I can be here, you know, after all the fantastic professors I had. And, you know, I hope to hope to do the same for my students. Talking to Winner Rasulowski and, and Winner, what part of the mentorship, is there, is there a part of the mentorship process and the classroom or studio experience that in particular is most exciting to you or most meaningful? Oh, that's that's tricky. That's another mm-hmm. tricky one. It's hard because, you know, there are some students I have that, you know, it may just be one class and they come in and I see such development, you know, in that one semester or even just development of their perspective of what art can be. Because <clears throat> even though we're in my course, we're learning about painting, I try to make the discussion, you know, bigger than that about art in general. What can art do? Why are we making art? What are we saying? You know, what kind of questions can we ask? And even though in an early, early course, so much of the emphasis is on the technique and the practice, we can begin, you know, we, we look at contemporary artists, we look at art history, and we discuss the content. And the content is very meaningful. So, even just seeing the development a student may have from the beginning of a painting course and thinking what is painting to what they think painting is an art is by the end of that course is very rewarding. And then, of course, having the students that are with me for multiple classes that, you know, in, in particular, I have one I'm thinking of just now that had, you know, got through the program, got her, you know, her BFA in painting, went on. Now I've seen her get her MFA in painting and now, you know, having professional shows and jobs. So it's incredibly rewarding. And I tell all of my students that really I'm I'm here for them lifelong. You know, it doesn't it doesn't end when they walk out the door that I will always be a resource, you know, and support them in their in their life. So it's wonderful to stay in touch with so many of them and hear what they're doing. You know, as a professor in the arts, you mentioned some grants that you've received to 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 support your work. You know, we talk to professors sometimes in the sciences who receive a grant or, or, or they publish. What what are some of the tie-ins in the artistic world? You know, what what are some of the ways that that uh, translates on the arts side of the ledger? So, um, for many artists, you know, for example, um, I've received you know several several grants that allow me to you know, continue traveling, continuing to buy materials, 
um, to do to do shows. Uh, for example, I had um, a grant to do a solo show that I did down in the border of Texas, where uh, some of my research had been actually traveling the border. So to get down into that area and have a solo show, and uh, you know, it was it was really rewarding because I was able to then uh, disseminate and have discussion with the students and with people from that community about the work. So, um, you know, for and there's so many different grants, whether it's getting a grant to help get your work to I was in a show in South Korea and get funding to because even in art, you know, uh, the materials are expensive, the travel is expensive, you know, getting the work there, getting to, you know, go there. There are different times you go and, and give talks. But it's all about, um, you know, for for one in the visual arts we have uh, what we call juried exhibitions or refereed exhibitions, which is, uh, you know, the same as or similar to a peer-reviewed article. Mm-hmm. For us, it's an exhibition. So, you know, I get a grant to make work, and then from that work I've made, I'm entering it into these juried exhibitions where the jurors are, you know, the museum directors, um, the museum curators from, you know, internationally from top museums, and then they're putting shows together and choosing. So that for us, that's what a peer-reviewed means. It's, I, I just um, found out a few days ago that I'm in a show at the Alexandria Museum of Art in Louisiana, and that was an international juried show um, where they select maybe 50 artists from around the world to be in the show. That's an example of a slice of, you know, and, and they're all different, like what's going on in contemporary art today. Some of them are more focused. I was in, in South Korea. That exhibition, which was a juried exhibition, was international, and the focus was contemporary landscape. So for me, that was really rewarding to know that what I've been working at got selected, you know, to be in that, you know, that exhibition. So there's there's all different ones, but for us, the exhibiting is like the article, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. And then the funding can relate in all different ways. It can it can relate to the process of making. It can relate to, you know, the transportation to get there. It can relate to, you know, various, various levels of the work. That's great. Well, you know, you've done a great job describing that and helping us, I think, see your painting, at least in our, our minds as we've talked. But if people would like to see some of your work, uh, whether online or in person? What are, what are some ways they can do that? Um, I exhibit with um, Art Space 111 Gallery in Fort Worth. So I'm um, one of their represented artists, which I'm, you know, so honored and thrilled to be with them. They're, um, they've been a very important gallery in, in Texas for, you know, the last 20 or more years. And some really great, great artists there who show all over the world and shows at museums and collected everywhere. So I'm so happy to be with that group. So Art Space 111 is, you know, uh, probably one of the, the, the best places uh, where my work is always, you know, always there, even if it's not, you know, on the wall currently in a show because they rotate out the shows. They always have my work there. So that's um, it's one of the easiest spots because Fort Worth isn't isn't too far away. Other than that, um, you know, my I try to keep up my, my Instagram, actually. Mm-hmm. Winter Rosolowski is more up-to-date than my website, quite honestly. Yeah. <laughs> Instagram, Winter Rosolowski, and that's R-U-S-I-L-O-S-K-I, and they can find that on Instagram. Well, thank you so much for taking the well, time to, for to share me. with us, and uh, hope people will check out your work and look forward to seeing 
uh, Moorhead. Congratulations on your upcoming exhibitions, and we'll look forward to more. Oh, thank you so much. It was great yeah. to be here. Great to visit. Winter Resolowski, a professional painter and associate professor of painting in Baylor's Department of Art and Art History, our guest today on Baylor Connections. I'm Derek Smith. A reminder, you can hear this and other programs online at baylor.edu slash connections, and you can subscribe to the program on iTunes. Thanks for joining us here on Baylor Connections. <laughs>